Welcome to the Diabetes Revolution podcast with Dr. Sarah Townley, the type 2 diabetes coach, clinical pharmacist, and mom of seven angels. You don't have to struggle and fight with your blood sugars for the rest of your life. I'm here to teach you the skills you need to control and even reverse this disease. There is such a thing as getting off your meds and creating a future free from diabetes. And you can have it too. Let's get down to business. Hey, hey, my friends. Welcome back to the Diabetes Revolution podcast with me, your host, Dr. Sarah Townley. Today, I've got an amazing topic for you that is so timely. And remember, I'm getting my inspiration for ideas of what to teach on this life-saving podcast from my clients, from my one-on-one clients and what they're struggling with. And so I get it. Vacation season is fast approaching. Many of us are thinking about being in the sand, in the sun with our bathing suits on, or we're going somewhere fabulous with our family or our girlfriends or whatever. And we're thinking about all of the things that could go wrong on that trip that would sabotage your ability to reverse your diabetes. And so guess what? Many of my clients have this very same thing going on. And in fact, if you listen to my last podcast about when you think you need to lose weight fast, that's pretty much what we were talking about. But I wasn't delivering to you on the podcast last how to handle food on your vacation. And so I want to do that for you today. So let's get into it because I don't have anything else to talk about with you right now. I'm just hot on this subject because I just got off a coaching call with somebody where we were prepping for a trip to Cabo with her girlfriends and all of the fear and anxiety around destroying or sabotaging all of the progress that's been made. And remember, if you're listening to this podcast, you've never been a person who has reversed their diabetes on vacation, (laughs) right? You've never done it before. And so that makes this scary. It makes it uncertain. It makes it less familiar. And our brain is going to have a lot of drama around that. And so I'm going to give you many different tools on this podcast to help you approach this with confidence, with ease, And even with the mindset of, I can't wait to see what happens. This is an experiment. I'm always learning. And this is an opportunity for me to get even more firm in who I'm being as a person who no longer struggles with diabetes. So the very first step that I want to bring your attention to is asking yourself what you want Okay, because most of the time we're shooting on ourselves. We're thinking about how we should be and what we shouldn't do. But that's not what I want you to do. I want you to actually get clear with yourself in a safe space where you're not shooting on yourself, which means you're not judging yourself and there is no right or wrong answer. It's just you getting clear with yourself about what it is you want to see on this vacation. How do you want it to go? What kind of result are you looking to create? And when you get home, how do you want to feel about what happened on that trip? Because that is really everything. That is going to inform what it is you do on this trip. 
how you make your decisions, whether or not you check your blood sugar, what you do about all of the indulgences that everybody else is having. If you are clear with yourself on how you want this trip to go, you will be able to better plan and prepare for all of those different decisions that you used to make very differently on vacation. And remember, the reason why this feels hard while you're on vacation is because you're just outside of your normal environment, right? It gets easy day in and day out to make the same decisions and practice the same habits around food when everything's pretty predictable, when your food's pretty much the same, the time you eat, the places you eat, the people you eat with, all of that is happening pretty regularly and you can create some habits around how you deal with different meals and circumstances. But when you leave your home, you leave your normal environment and you go outside of that, everything feels new and different again. You're going to be in situations you haven't practiced before and so it's gonna feel a lot like a beginner. Right? There's going to be some awkwardness or uncertainty around all of those situations. And so I just want to extend to you the understanding that it is harder to practice a lifestyle that is different when you're out and about in places that you're not used to being in situations you're not used to handling. So that's why it feels hard. And so that's why it's going to be imperative that you're way more intentional and way more aware than you're normally having to do at home. All right, let's come back to clarity with what you want, how you want this vacation to go. So let me give you a couple of examples. Maybe you want to get home and you won't want to have lost any progress with what you've already built up to the point of leaving for your trip. That is what the client this morning answered when I asked her, how do you want this vacation to go? Like, what do you want to see when you get home? So when I asked her this question, her answer was, I just really want to come home and have not lost any ground. So once she knew that, that was going to be really helpful for her to get clear on what she's going to be doing on that trip. The other example that I've heard from my clients is, I want to enjoy It's going to be really important to me. This is a rare thing. I never get to do this. Like I'm thinking of a client who went on a cruise in March and he was just like, I want to be able to enjoy my food and drinks and not worry. And it's okay if I come home and I've gained a little bit of weight. Because remember, you guys, the weight that you're gaining from just a short period of time of indulging in things you don't normally have is mostly going to be water and inflammation. So it's not going to be actual fat that you have to lose. And typically what happens is when my clients get right back on track after they get home, that comes off super fast. Like within days, they're seeing the scale or the blood sugar readings that they left for the trip on. And so it's not necessarily that you're going to, quote, do damage by having some indulgences on vacation, but you might need a little bit of time to get back to where you were. And maybe that's totally worth it for you. It might be totally fine with you that you get to enjoy some things in a very special circumstance, and then you're just going to take a little time to get back to where you were before you went on the trip. It might be completely worth it to you. There's no wrong or right answer to this. It's just important that you get super clear with yourself on what it is you want to see. Now, I'm going to offer to you, though, that nobody wants to feel like crap while they're on vacation. (laughs) 
Even though you might be allowing some things into your diet very intentionally that you don't normally have, I want you to be on the watch out for how that's actually going to affect your body and how you feel in it. Because when we're healing, when we've cleaned up our food and our body is actually healing, we're going to see a lot of things get way, way better. So you're going to be noticing that there's less inflammation, less pain in your body. You might notice that your GI just feels so much better and you're not plagued with all the bloating and the cramping and the pain that you were having in your belly when your body is healing. You also might be noticing things like you sleep a lot better. And so when you go and you eat a bunch of stuff, especially for days on end, that your body doesn't tolerate, literally makes you sick. You're going to notice that it doesn't feel good. And so I'm going to offer to you that even though your choice might be to have many indulgences that you normally don't, and that's okay because you were intentional about it, you might want to just pay attention and make sure that you're not causing yourself to feel physically unwell. And that's really going to impact whether or not you enjoy the experience of your vacation. And most of us, that's what we're looking for, right? We want to have a good time and we want to feel good. So once you're clear on how you want this experience to be and what you're willing to have and not willing to have, you can start to think about what you want to do on vacation. Okay, so there's going to be mostly a lot of decisions around food, you're going to want to be a lot more intentional and aware of what you're doing with your food in order to be able to create the experience that you're looking to have on vacation. Now, that means you want to plan as much as possible ahead of time. That means that you're not going to be leaving yourself open to making decisions in the moment if possible. So let's look more closely at that. When you're planning ahead of time, You are not caught up in the moment. You're not probably experiencing a lot of desire or cravings or seeking pleasure or doing what's convenient because you're thinking about something that hasn't happened yet. You're anticipating what might happen later and you're thinking with the part of your brain that can think about the future. In contrast, when you leave yourself open to making decisions in the moment, you're going to be relying on your habit brain. You're going to be relying on the part of your brain that it really wants to seek instant gratification. Do what feels good, do what's easy, avoid any kind of pain or discomfort. That part of your brain is going to be really loud in the moment when you're trying to make decisions with food. Okay, so let's let's talk about what I mean by that. Let's say You're on vacation and you're going to be going out to restaurants a lot of the time instead of fixing your food at home, okay? So maybe your family is looking to eat Mexican tonight. And so if you do not think about what you could order that would fill your criteria for a successful meal, you're going to be leaving yourself to sitting down at the table when it's time to order and making decisions while, while chips and salsa is being offered to you and while everybody else is getting excited about what's on the menu. And also when that waitress is coming around asking questions like, do you want an appetizer or would you like to try such and such special? Okay, so That is a lot of information coming up and a lot of thoughts that are going to be running through your mind about what sounds good and what would be most pleasurable to have in the moment. 
that's difficult to sort through with your cognitive mind that is thinking about your future and about how this might feel later. You're going to be open to seeking instant gratification a lot more if you are in the moment faced with all kinds of temptation. This is just normal human brain wiring. There's nothing special about you. This is how all of our brains work. And so if you know that that's going to be challenging to go to a Mexican restaurant and eat very intentionally, why would you want to leave yourself open in the moment to having to fight with your brain about chips and salsa, about margaritas, about whatever else, nachos that are coming, I don't know, what else is going to be on the menu that's going to sound really good in the moment? And then also, what about dessert, right? When everybody else is going to be enjoying dessert, are you going to? And if you're leaving yourself to making that decision in the moment, it's not likely that it's going to go very well because of what part of your brain is making the decisions. And so that's why I say it's really imperative that you get in the habit of thinking ahead of time while you're on vacation what you want to do and even before you go. So I'm going to give you a quick example of that. If you listen to the last podcast, you might have heard how I talked about going to a Korean restaurant. And I had thought about this ahead of time my whole trip. What did I want to see when I get home? What kinds of things am I willing to allow on vacation that I normally don't? And for me, the answer was very easy to come to. The only exception that I was willing to have on that trip was going to be around the Korean food at this fancy Korean restaurant or the special Korean restaurant that my family was going to dine at one evening. The thing that I knew was going to be an exception was rice. And so I made the decision before I left for my trip that the only exception that I was really willing to have was going to be rice at an Asian restaurant. So that decision was made ahead of time and I didn't have to wrestle with myself in the moment about it. And I also knew when it came to any other treat or decision around foods that I don't normally have that it was just a no for me. Okay. All right, so that is what I mean when I say plan as much ahead of time as possible, especially when it comes to problem areas, places where it gets sloppy. Now, sometimes you don't know what you're going to have. I understand that. When you're on vacation, you don't necessarily know where you're going to eat or what's going to be served, and that's okay. There's still ways for you to get clear with yourself about what you're going to allow and what you're not. So I'll just teach you how I do it. When I am on plan, my normal plan that gets me the results that I like to have as far as my health goes, I know that it's going to be a low-carb, high-fat diet with intermittent fasting. So before I left for my trip, by the way, I decided I wasn't going to be doing any fasting. That's also a decision that I had to get clear with myself on. But I wasn't necessarily sure what kind of food we'd be eating or where we were going to eat before every meal. And so What I did was I just said to myself, I'm going to be staying on plan the entire time with this one exception. That means I don't eat French fries. I don't normally have French fries. So why would I be eating them on my trip if I didn't specifically call that out as an exception? Or I'm not going to be having ice cream or treats that my family wants to have. I'm happily going to drive them through and get them an ice cream cone, but I'm not going to be ordering that. And so for myself, I knew my problem areas ahead of time 
that's always going to be starches and refined carbohydrates, sugar, flour, desserts especially. And so I just had a conversation with myself about whether or not those things were going to happen on this trip. And it was a no. And so even though I didn't know that we would be eating at whatever restaurant, I just knew I'm going to be sticking with low carb, high fat options without any exceptions. And that made it very easy for me to know if I was on my plan or not. And it helped me feel prepared. So the next question would be, do I need to check my blood sugar while I'm on my trip? And the answer could be yes or no. It just depends on how it's going to serve you. What advantage would that create for you to be able to monitor your blood sugar while you're on your trip? So I like to do that because it helps me keep my eye on the ball. Having that awareness lets me know when I'm going in the direction I want to go or not. And if I'm getting off course, I'm going to be way more likely to see and know that and be able to take action about that if I'm aware of it. And so I would say for me, checking my blood sugar would be an advantage. Now, if you're a person who's interested in having some indulgences, and those are going to be a lot of things that you know spike your sugar, and checking your blood sugar is just going to make you feel bad about it, it's just going to make you feel like you're making a bad decision and then maybe beat yourself up, I don't think checking your blood sugar in those circumstances is going to serve you. And so when you're answering the question of, do I want to monitor my blood sugar while I'm on my trip? I want you to ask yourself, well, how would that information serve me? And if it isn't a clear yes, then maybe it isn't going to be something that you want to incorporate into your plan. You can also make plans around things like fasting or around things like exercise. Those are also things that you may want to get very intentional about and create a plan for yourself with. And remember, any plan that you're creating for yourself needs to be a doable plan, a plan that you are very confident that you can follow, not a plan that's perfect, not a plan that's ideal, not a plan that's challenging. None of that is going to serve you. It's going to be a plan that you feel highly confident is doable and that you can stick with and that you know is going to create the outcome that you desire. I want to talk a second about the pleasure aspect because I think many of us don't realize how much pleasure we have derived from food in the way that it's become our go-to pleasure source. This is super normal, by the way. So if you identify with this, ain't nothing special about you, (laughs) okay? So especially as we get older, I find that we become more inclined to focus around food for entertainment and to seek pleasure with food as a main source of pleasure. That's totally normal. And so If you're a person who's reversed your diabetes, your relationship with food will not include these things, okay? You're not going to be seeking pleasure from food as a main source. You're not going to be using food for entertainment regularly. (laughs) And so you're literally going to become a person who doesn't do those things in order for you to have what you truly desire, which is a lifetime that's free from diabetes. Pretty freaking compelling, right? If you're a person who knows that in the past you've used food on vacation as a main source of pleasure, I want you to begin to build the skill of experiencing pleasure not from food, okay? So 
Think about it. If you're going somewhere on vacation that you chose, it's probably pretty awesome. (laughs) You're going to be in a place that probably has a lot of things to offer you in the way of pleasure. And it can be simple. I'm talking about focusing your mind on pleasure with just your five senses. Okay, so let's talk about, for example, my client who's going to Cabo. It's going to be beautiful there. It's going to have all kinds of beautiful sights, the ocean, the views, the plants, even like the resort she's staying at is going to be beautiful. Okay, so that's with her eyes. She's going to be seeing a lot of beauty. She's going to be hearing beautiful sounds, beautiful music, the ocean, the birds. I don't know. There's going to be things she's hearing that's going to be very pleasurable. She's going to feel the sun on her skin. She's going to feel the experience of the ocean on her body using her sense of touch. Maybe it's the satin sheets on the bed. Maybe it's the spa that she's going to, the massage, the facial. There's so much to be had as far as pleasure goes with your sense of touch. And then there's your taste, right? She's going to be tasting all kinds of delicious food. Even food that's on plan is going to be delicious. And of course, there's the smells, the smell of the ocean, the smell of the flowers, of her fresh linens. All of those things are pleasurable. What I'm asking you to do is to literally direct your mind to be in the present moment and to take in all of the beauty and the pleasure that is available right there. And beyond that, there's so much more pleasure, right? She's going to be with her besties, her friends. There's going to be so much laughter, so much connection. And if you're with your family, same situation. Like I remember getting to watch my kids have the first experiences they've never had before, like indoor surfing or going on a roller coaster or tasting something they've never had before. Like that was super pleasurable for me. And I could focus my mind on just soaking that up. I don't need to be looking to food for pleasure when I'm asking my brain to notice all of the pleasure that's around me and feeling all of the gratitude for that. You want to be training your mind that we don't need food as a main source of pleasure because there is so much pleasure here already. If your brain is anything like mine, it will offer you all the thoughts about what isn't right. It's just like a moody teenager. For sure, I got to see this on my last trip with my two oldest kids in Florida. Like if we weren't going somewhere or doing something right now, they were bored, right? Or Whatever it was that we were doing sometimes wasn't meeting their expectation. And your brain's going to be doing a lot of that on default. It's designed to find the problems. It's designed to focus on what isn't right. And so it's normal for your brain to not notice what is pleasurable, what is wonderful about what is in front of you. And so you'll have to learn to direct your mind to noticing that so that you can actually experience it. If you don't notice it, you won't be able to enjoy it. And if it's right there ready to be enjoyed and all you have to do is notice it, you can develop that skill. Okay, so let's talk about the things that are challenging, the obstacles that will present to you being able to have the vacation experience you're looking for when it comes to your food. There might be a number of specific obstacles that you can anticipate Hey, I want you to actually think about what will be challenging so that you can inform a strategy around that. 
Your obstacles will actually become your strategies if you use it like this. So what kinds of situations can you think of that might be extra challenging? Maybe it's going to be like somebody that you're with wanting you to indulge with them. Okay, that's a really common one. Like people want other people to enjoy the ice cream with them or the appetizers with them. And so if that's something that you can anticipate, you can think about how you want to handle that. Maybe you want to have a conversation with that person about how you're not going to be partaking in some things on purpose for whatever reason. It doesn't even need to be specific to diabetes. It can just simply be things like, you know, that kind of food just makes me feel bad. Or I'm not going to be, I'm not going to have enough room to eat my meal if I eat that appetizer. Like whatever it is, you can come up with some kind of an excuse if that helps you stay on your plan. But it might be useful in that situation just to get some expectations out there. And if you do that free of judgment of them, what do they care if you have it or not, right? How are you going to handle when everybody wants to go get, for example, ice cream or fudge or whatever it is that is special to that area? Maybe there's some specific treats that that place is well known for. Like, how are you going to handle that? Are you going to allow it and how much? Or are you going to pass and how will you handle that? Like, how will you actually make that happen? Maybe you don't actually even physically go. Or maybe you go and you just have your own treat with you. Let me tell you what. I've always got some kind of dark chocolate in my purse. (laughs) That was one of the strategies that I used to give myself the sweet fix that I was looking for without the spike in the blood sugar and the weight gain that comes with it for me. So I just had something on hand to take care of myself, and I happily sat with my family as they enjoyed whatever treat that they were having. Maybe the obstacle for you is you're going to have one cocktail and that's it, And you know that you're going to want a second one. How are you going to handle that? You can even visualize exactly how you will handle that. That will even make this feel more practiced, more familiar when the time comes to make that call. And you're feeling the internal desire or craving to have a second cocktail. Like, how will you handle that? So these are definitely healthy tools to prepare yourself for situations that have been obstacles for you in the past that probably will come up. And I also want to ask you, if you get off track, how will you course correct? I'm thinking about my fun group of friends that are on Marco Polo with me that are all interested in making progress on some kind of health goal. And we're using the group as a place to stay accountable and to make declarations of commitment, okay? And amongst other things we're doing on there. But one of the things that we're doing is using that as a place to come and create a commitment. One of my friends was in Mexico not very long ago, and she found herself allowing things over and over that she normally doesn't and didn't want to continue to do. In the moment, our brain wants to tell us, you already screwed up, you're already off track, you might as well. I know my brain has got me many times to continue to make poor decisions with that thinking. So what did she do? She jumped on Marco Polo and she said out loud to her besties, I'm not having any more. I'm done with the pastries at breakfast or whatever it was that she did not want to continue to have. She told us that it was making her feel like crap, actually. 
and her knees were hurting and such. And so she knew what it was and she was just ready to be done. And she came to that venue as a place to make her declaration that she was done. And we've all had to use that group in that way before. And so I invite you to think about that. If you get way off track and you know you want to get back on track before you get back home, how will you allow yourself a place to make that commitment and that declaration? Maybe you should just call your friend or get on Facebook and even say, it's funny to me how many people in the fasting group that I belong to, which is like 200,000 people on Facebook, will get on there and just say, all right, I am doing a such and such number hour fast, 24 hour fast, or I'm on a 48 hour fast. And is there anybody here who wants to do it with me? Or I just need somewhere to say this out loud. And that way I can commit and hold myself accountable so much better. Like what a gift to give yourself the ability to do that. Okay, and now for the part you guys have really been waiting for on this podcast, which is give me some tips and tricks. (laughs) So I'm gonna tell you that I always get my own back on vacation. I've got a stash of stuff that is non-perishable that I can bring with me that if I get into a jam, like I'm hungry or everybody else is ordering stuff and I'm really tempted because I'm hungry or there's just nothing that appeals to me, I've got stuff on hand. So what would that look like? A lot of nuts. You can do many different varieties, of course, I always have like these olive oil garlic almonds and I've got macadamias. I even had these yummy spicy pecan pralines that were spicy and sweet that didn't have sugar in them with me. And that covered my sweet fix too. But the nuts for me has always been a lifesaver. I also happen to be carrying sardines with me now because they're super healthy and they're so satiating and they're non-perishable, so I can carry them with me anywhere I go. You could do jerky. That's another really good one. And if you have the ability to take a cooler with you, the options become way more numerous. You could do boiled eggs. You could do lunch meat and cheese, cheese sticks. There's also easy things like peanut butter with celery or chopped up veggies and ranch or cottage cheese, smoked salmon, berries, and olives. These are all things that you could probably take with you for short periods of time without a cooler, or if you have a cooler, would definitely make it doable for you to take things with you wherever you're going. The other thing that I like to do when it's not convenient to eat on plan is fast. Now, This might sound crazy to some of you guys, but if you're fat adapted and you've been following a plan that reverses your diabetes, your hunger is just not going to be as insistent or as strong as it used to be. And it might work for you to be able just to have some coffee with cream or do some water and not eat. I want you to actually open your mind to the possibility that you just don't need to eat as much as everybody else. Like something that I notice when I travel with my husband is he eats three meals a day and sometimes snacks too. And it's just a lot of eating for me. Like I don't need to eat that much. And maybe it's okay for me just to grab something to drink and sit with him while he enjoys his food and then not feel overfull and yucky all day because I just don't need that much food. 
I already mentioned to you how I like to keep things like dark chocolate on hand just to cover my sweet tooth when everyone else is having ice cream or whatever. I also want to point out that if you're going to be somewhere where you know the restaurants in the area or can Google the restaurants in the area, or even if you're just thinking a few hours ahead of time of where you're going to eat for the evening and you know the restaurant you're going to, These days, you can see the menu. You can look at what's on the menu to help you get clear on what you're going to order so that you're not leaving yourself to making decisions in the moment. That is just such a blessing anymore is that we can look and see if it's even going to work for us to eat there. And if we do eat there, what it is that we can order that will allow us to stay on plan and still enjoy our food because both are possible. If you are a person who likes to take alcohol, and you're interested in having some cocktails or whatnot, and I probably should do a whole podcast on alcohol just because there's some things about alcohol that are special to diabetes, but there are low-carb alcohol options, and all you need to do is just make yourself aware. Listen, the Googles has the answer (laughs) to this question. You can find all kinds of resources online that will help you get very familiar with what you can have that will meet your needs, that will not mess you up. And alcohol is definitely on the list. Whether it's beer or cocktails, you can find substitutions and solutions that won't mess you up. And the last practical tip that I have for you is it might work best for you to eat things ahead of time if you know that it's going to be a challenging situation. So this works good for big social events as well as vacations. But if you are going even over to somebody's house and you don't know what they're serving, but you can pretty much guess it won't work for you, (laughs) then you might just go ahead and take care of yourself before you go. So go in your fridge, find something that looks good, eat before you leave. And that way you could take it or leave it, whatever's there or whatever's on the menu if you're going somewhere that's a restaurant. And then you don't have all of that desire and hunger that you're trying to manage with all the temptations that are right there in front of you and everybody else telling you to go ahead. (laughs) Okay, so this is how I approach my vacations and how I teach my clients to create an experience on vacation that they don't regret, (laughs) that doesn't feel when they get home like they did a bunch of damage or lost a bunch of ground. I really believe that the biggest component to this is being intentional. It's thinking about how you want it to go and how you want to create that and thinking about the obstacles and the strategies that will allow you to create that. This is one of many things that I coach my clients on -on one-on-one. If you need some more support around these kinds of obstacles, it's totally normal and It might work best for you to have somebody who's guiding you through this process and helping you navigate these kinds of obstacles in real time. So if that's something that you're interested in, you can learn more about how to work with me on my website, sarahtownley.com, where you can submit an application to get a free consultation with me that has no strings attached. All right, have a beautiful rest of your day, and I'll see you on the next podcast. Okay, don't leave yet. You're going to want to hear about this. If you love my podcast, if I'm the only sane voice you've found on this subject, 
If I've already helped you, you need to check out my online course. It's a start to finish, step-by-step video course that teaches you all the tools you need to know to beat this disease. You can find it on my website, sarahtownley.com, along with lots of other free tools that will make taking care of your diabetes so much easier. So get over there right now. See you there.